Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of Truth and Movies is brought to you by Mubi, the curated streaming service with new hand-picked films added daily. Mubi is currently celebrating the late works of Spanish maestro Pedro Almodovar in the series Magnificent Obsessions, which culminates in his 2019 masterpiece, Pain and Glory. There's also a chance to survey the best of Brazilian cinema in the age of Bolsonaro and to discover the brilliant work of unheralded Portuguese filmmaker Rita Azevedo Gomes. Head to mubi.com LWL to begin your free special 30-day trial today. Hello, movie truthers. We're here again for another special fireside chat version of Truth and Movies podcast. We thought we would ascend from the woodwork to discuss a new little movie release that's coming out on the 26th of August, and that film is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. By the time you're listening to this, the embargo will have would have been up and reviews would have been awash on the internet. Um, it's quite a strange release in that it is coming out in the UK and Europe ahead of its US release. Uh, so I think they're going to be even more spoiler worried than than you perhaps are. I want to anticipate the, that, that worry right at the top of the podcast by saying that we're going to try and make this as spoiler free as is physically possible. Uh, we're acknowledging the fact that something that, that is entirely spoiler free is an impossibility, but we're going to try our absolute best. And if you feel worried or nervous or are really intent on making sure that seeing this film, you're going in with zero knowledge whatsoever of anything and taking it as a complete surprise, then maybe turn off now and uh, give us a listen after the 26th. We're going to try and skirt major plot points and any kind of detail that would potentially diminish your enjoyment of, of and, and surprise at, at seeing this film. Uh, Nolan's films traditionally have been shrouded in secrecy uh, during and 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 in post production as well, with the idea that they kind of burst onto our screens and everyone is is enjoying this this new experience at the same time, and a conversation kind of erupts from that naturally. But obviously, this situation is a bit different. Uh, because of the COVID disaster and cinemas being closed and films being nudged back in the schedules and being pushed around and basically having to wait until cinemas, uh, it you know it was relatively safe to open cinemas again, and so finally, 
Tenet has landed on the 26th and it looked to me now like there's nothing that's really going to stop it from being released. So yeah, we're here to to talk to you today and um, I have with me my colleague and friend Adam Woodward. Hello. Who's also seen the film. I have, yes. We saw it um, not quite in in tandem, but uh, they were were putting on a few press screenings at the Waterloo IMAX, the BFI IMAX and... uh, we sort of daisy chained those screenings. It was quite surreal, actually. It was the first—I don't know about you—but it's the first film I had seen back in the cinema since I think early March. And um, do you remember what your your last film do you was? You know, I've, I've been racking my brains and, and kind of looking through back through my diary, and I and I can't actually remember what it was. Um, but I've got—it's been so it's long. It's been that long, yeah. Um, and and also, but just purely because I've watched so many films just at home um, in, in the meantime, but. Yeah, it was quite surreal. I mean, I, I sort of wonder whether they were treating this as a bit of a dry run for sort of next week because obviously there was, only, I don't know about your screening there, but there was only a handful of people in in mine and I, I practically had like a whole, I had like the whole back row of the IMAX to myself, which is quite surreal in itself. And I, I think there'll, there'll certainly be more people, I, I would think, in next week, um, although I guess they will still be doing social distancing measures and... Um, they were they were quite keen to make sure everyone was seated through the credits and they would they would you know there was lots of staff on hand to usher people out so it was it was strange but actually felt like a very safe and and, and sort of well handled situation so yeah I, I I suspect it'll be interesting to see how they are able to kind of make the numbers up I mean I've been seeing a few things already suggesting that a lot of cinemas are kind of saturating their screens with with tenet prints to be able to bring in more more people to to see it and while retaining some kind of distancing in each auditorium mm. i've seen it referred to as dynamic oh, seating wow. that sounds exciting i'm not, I'm not sure what th- that means exactly but well, it's, um, it's tricky because i guess uh, you know you can you can only physically program this film so many times and and with the extra social distancing and the extra measures that will be taken there the fact that it's a two and a half hour movie I mean, there are it's limited, you know. I, I suspect some mm. cinemas will will be able to stay open later, and if they've got the license to, you'll be you'll be kind of packing people in at midnight. But um, it it is going to be, I think, the case for at least the next few weeks that this is going to dominate, um, and then hopefully we'll see smaller releases, smaller distributors being able to piggyback their new films on on this. And uh, I mean, I sort of allude to this a little bit in my review, but it is. I don't think the significance and the timing of this release can really be downplayed because I think it's it's the impact it can ha- it potentially is going to have on both the mainstream and independent film markets for the foreseeable future is is going to be quite huge. I think. I think that's the interesting thing about Christopher Nolan is that he, because he because there is a sort of level of intelligence to his films and and sort of formal experimentation as well they do tend to straddle that that kind of mainstream art house delineation i don't think i think a lot of art houses played dunkirk which didn't really feel like out of place and you know i i suspect they probably played something like inception as well it is interesting that you can make these films that got huge budgets and have like stunts and action and they are ostensibly for for as broad an audience as possible but then they I mean, you know, again, without spoiling anything, I feel this film is maybe his most kind of crossovery in that kind of market. I feel like 
it's a film that this film could easily sit in a in a in an art house cinema very comfortably. Well, but, Whether it will or not, I I I'm not sure it's, yet. It's but. also true to say that you know his films are calibrated for the cinema experience. You know he shoots on film. A lot of this was shot on IMAX seventy millimeter, so you know the cinemas that are able to screen it that way will, will be doing so and it is not I, I mean I don't know whether this was a case of Warner Bros sticking to their guns and, and, and kind of being happy to, to wait or whether it was Nolan's insistence um, I mean he it's worth saying that he does have I think um, you know a, a vested interest in this in this film's theatrical box office performance because I think he's due to get something like 25% of the returns personally um, but you know he he makes films for the cinema. It's it would not be the case with something like this. I mean, there's there's other, you know, big major summer releases like Mulan, for example, which is, is has been announced that it's going to be released just digitally. You could not do that with this film, you know, um, for, for 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 sort of various reasons. And I think it is a film which, you know, although there will be people who who have anxiety still about the idea of going back to a cinema. Um, you know, it is a film that does almost command and, and demand to be seen on a big screen. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe listeners will be thinking about that kind of moral imperative of going back to the cinema. Is it too soon? Are you know, are safety measures going to be in place? Will they be strict enough? Am I am I risking my personal safety by going to this? And I, and just to say, like this, when we when you know, we are we are a film magazine, we're a film podcast, we're a film website. And like we 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 talk about films, we don't necessarily like we're not in we're not saying that you absolutely have to go and see this now. Otherwise, you know you'll have missed out on some epoch defining thing. We're just to, you know we're we're just talking about the film, and and I think, I guess our 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 message would be that you know you 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 need to watch these films, see these films in whatever way that makes you feel comfortable, as you as you probably would with any film that's released. Mm. We're not necessarily advocating any specific way to see it although you know we are saying that like with Nolan in particular his films are built for the cinema so you know take from that what you will I mean just to add to that it is worth saying as well that this will be in cinemas now for a good few months so there will be a lot of time and hopefully people will will wait to listen to this Mm. and, and and maybe you know revisit this after they've had a chance to see it but I think I think with the whole situation being as it is, there won't be that usual, um, that usual rush and that clamour to to actually see it on its opening weekend. And I know you know all, all the kind of big cinemas around London certainly, and and others I've seen that have sold out their allocations of tickets. But um, you know this is going to run and run and run. So, um. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I I, I wrote a uh, a um, newsletter. For Little White Lies, a, a, a couple, about a month ago, maybe two months now, and this was this was back when I think Tenet was due to come out in July, Bef- and I think that was the second pushback that it before the sort of second pushback that it had, and I you know I, I was sort of like musing on this idea of like is this film going to be the, a kind of epoch defining moment in in the history of of theatrical exhibition, is it is it going to be our jazz singer you know which is the film which which was the first sound film which ushered in the sound era um you know is this going to be a film that is is ushering in a new era of film going you know is it is are all the chips on this film it's weird i you know i think it's 
it's hard to say that from this point in time, which is which is yeah. a very kind of Nolan-y concept. But like, you know, maybe maybe in a few months or or so, we'll 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 be looking at that question even even harder, because you know we're 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 currently looking at the sort of film and cinema schedules now, and there's a bit of a sort of tumult of releases that are, that are arriving after. Um, after Tenet, so I mean, like not not long after, you've got like what the new Wonder Woman film, uh, which which I assume is going to be a fairly big, broad release as well. And yeah, there's definitely a lot more films that are coming out with, with you know with a with a cinema release. So that sort of selection and that that sort of diversity and range of movies is going to be coming back fairly swiftly. And mm. I think that's all. That is all banking on Tenet kind of being able to remind people that going to the cinema is is safe and okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it it, it it's going to be fascinating. I mean, it's, it you know it feels like a, this this moment is going to be like the 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 subject of a, of thousands of uh, film studies dissertations for for, mm. for years to come. Uh, it is interesting. I've I've been sort of thinking about this as well, and and I actually wonder whether the the real, the real kind of game changer and and the film that will be looked back on from this time as as the one that maybe actually, you know, pushed the needle one way or the other slightly more would be would be would be something like Trolls World Tour. Yeah, because you know w- the way that was released, I think the precedent that that potentially set for a major studio. Um, you know that 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 I think could have in terms of its legacy, although this although Tenet certainly feels more naturally like, I think by almost by definition and by design it feels like, the a film which almost should have that status. I actually think, potentially won't won't do. I guess watch this space. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've talked around it. We've given we've given you the context. Uh, we we've 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 framed it as this uh, potentially cultural defining moment but what about the film itself let's start by uh, i'm going to ask you so yeah as if we're a bit tentative here it's because we're trying to avoid spoilers so apologies for that in advance but let's ask let's just ask by saying how how much is this a christopher nolan film as we as what we know a christopher nolan film to be i would say it, it feels very much like a christopher nolan film i mean what does that mean? I, I, it's it's a weird one. I I think something like um, Inception, which a lot of people have been maybe comparing this to in advance, and e- even the cast. I think John David Washington referred to it maybe as being a, a kind of spiritual sequel or a cousin or something like that. I think in terms of the the idea, this kind of you know he's he's playing with the with these very kind of abstract concepts of like time and relativity and you know he's got this uh, amassed this pretty impressive cast and you've got this quite globe-trotting narrative and I, I think it does feel like you know he, he's kind of it's from that same playbook maybe but if you actually look at his career it's amazing how how consistent he's been in terms of being able to push through these original stories this kind of high concept I mean you know he obviously spent a long time doing the the, the, the Batman films Aside from that, I, I guess Dunkirk would be the outlier more recently. But I think since, pretty much since, um, I would actually say not Batman Begins because that still felt like a kind of smaller 
studio movie, but I'd, I'd say since like The Dark Knight, he's been on this really interesting trajectory and, and sort of actually kind of stayed in terms of his artistic development. I think it's it's been a kind of lateral curve. You know, he's he's been making not the same kind of movie exactly, but movies which very much kind of sit alongside each other and and complement each other in a certain way, I think. Um, you know, I think he still, he, he falls into similar traps with this one. Um, I think people who, who didn't particularly, for whom something like Inception or maybe Interstellar didn't really chime with them, I think they may have the same kind of issues with this. It maybe is lacking for human drama slightly. I think there's a lot of kind of narrative subterfuge going on. And, and sometimes for me, that feels like it's, it's at the expense of like emotional connection. Um, but, you know, I think it is amazing and it's worth pointing out as well that he, I think since his, his debut in, in 1998 uh, with Following, including Following, I think this is only his fourth uh, original solo screenplay that he's written. So, you know, it, it, he, he has this amazing clout, I suppose, within Hollywood and he has this really expensive shiny toolkit that he gets to make these incredibly high budget ambitious huge scale productions but actually he's telling kind of quite interesting like personal like he basically makes personal event movies and and I think in just in that sense if that's how we were to define a Christopher Nolan film I think this very much feels like that for me it was kind of you know unmistakable uh Christopher Nolan film in that it seems to me that that that, that trajectory Maybe, probably more so, I mean, if you include things like Insomnia and uh, The Prestige and Memento as well, maybe maybe moving aside the Batman trilogy, but I think all his films bar the Batman trilogy do, do, do have some, like, uh, you know, that there is some idea baked into them about, like, temporal perception, about how we mm. travel through time how 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 we experience time how we how our memory works and but then it's it's not just a kind of intellectual emotional thing it's very much a kind of how can i use this to turn it into a into a ride for the audience give mm. them something to think about force them to ask the question like not just where am i but like when am i like every yeah, yeah. every scene almost in in his previous film Dunkirk, he had this. He used this weird concertina sort of time scale where he had various stories occurring at the same time, but each one was taking place over a, a slightly longer period. So you had like mm. a couple of minutes of a of a fighter pilot, and then you had like an hour of boats coming over over the uh, the channel and then you had like a, a a longer story of like soldiers on the beach preparing to to bail out before before sort of germans arrived and he kind of engineers it so like all these stories crest at the same time and you have these i mean he's one of his obsessions is kind of parallel editing so you, it's like taking two subplots or stories having them mm. play out at the same time but having those kind of narrative beats and emotional beats almost sync up with one with with one another and i think i think probably inceptions the film that he does that the best where he has like these you know five different dream dreamscapes happening at the same time all it all with yeah. different times and he's kind of almost like a kind of conductor operatically mm. conducting these in in different in different sort of time scales 
what I would say about um, Tenet is that although it's although it's not easy to describe what he's doing with time, and I, and even in Dunkirk he had to have a little explainer at the beginning to just to sort of like tell you yeah. know give people that leg up. I I found I found with Tenet that I I'm not like this is probably good for the spoilerphobes, but I probably couldn't explain the mm. the the kind of temporal concept behind it. But what I would say though is that I mean the way you describe Dunkirk there on on paper makes it sound you know just incredible and and, and as much as I in, in the moment I think Dunkirk is 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 fantastic and, and very entertaining I don't think necessarily this parallel editing and everything is always in service of the story I think you know in terms of the human narratives the characters that he's actually presenting us I felt I found sometimes it, it's it's quite frustrating and he kind of obfuscates that that side of the film in favor of this you know the, these kind of formal tricks and actually I felt with Tenet that the um yeah the kind of narrative schematics and and you know the sort of more experimental filmmaking techniques that he's employing always felt to me that it was in service of the story mm. which I think is something that he's maybe been accused of before of not not doing quite as well not being able to pull off quite as well um yeah I I agree I I, I would actually say that like although that sounded a, a bit negative before about my saying that I didn't get what the concept was, I actually would sort of weirdly spin that as a positive because I think it that that sort of, that idea of being, slightly, feeling slightly stranded actually kind of made the experience of watching it a bit a bit more like exciting. Like you're actually having to think about where you are rather than what, where Christopher Nolan has put you and wants you to be. Mm. Um, whereas I, I, and I think a lot of those films like, you know, in, Inception and Dunkirk, I think once you, once you've got your head around that, and I think it is possible, like they're, they're explained very well. So you can kind of, you do get your head around them and you, you are able to just be, be feel comfortable where you, like where exactly you are. You know, that's not, that's not to say he's not going to pull a few rugs and whatnot, but in this film, I, I, it had that slightly more combustible quality that you don't necessarily see in Christopher Nolan films where the, 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 the concept is so tricksy and, and quite sort of like, you know, over the overwrought potentially and over the top that, mm. you know, actually when stuff happens, you're, it's almost like the rules slightly change during the film. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, with with Inception, for example, it's like he sets up this premise, but then there's certain points where he kind of has to almost stop and explain where you are in the film. Like there's certain points of exposition, which are kind of just inserted to to make sure you're you're up to speed and you know exactly where you are. Whereas with this one, it, I actually found although a lot of the exposition, a lot of the kind of jargony dialogue goes over your head, it's not actually that important. I think in terms of like the, the actual um you know the 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 kind of the, the the way the storytelling is it, i mean it's always very functional with nolan but i found it actually pretty remarkably easy to follow in terms of where i was where i was supposed to be going like what direction you're traveling in um so that's that's definitely to his credit here and and i think to the credit of um you know ev- everyone involved in the film i think you know the 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 acting is is superb in this i think the cinematography the editing like 
the, these amazing set pieces that he mounts that, that I just I think that's the difference between you talk about the early um, earlier films and the curve that he's been on I mean at this point he, he's just kind of you know his films are worth seeing just for these action set pieces I think and there's a, there's a handful in here which are just like like nothing you've you've probably ever seen and and interestingly using although potentially very modern and and impressive techniques they're kind of cinematic tricks that have been around since like for like a hundred years yeah no i i totally agree that, that i think that they're, they're they're definitely i mean this is kind of like uh cleaving to his commitment to, to sort of make things feel as organic as possible i mean it's hard to think of anywhere in the film where there's an obvious CGI moment. Mm. I mean, there's pro- there's obviously a lot of probably digital painting and yeah. and 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 sort of nip- nipping and tucking going on. But the actual like you know this isn't this isn't like the CGI hellscape of of, of Avengers. It's not like, it's not like yeah. these kind of di- you know these kind of weird Athena poster style digital compositions. This is kind of quite you know hard terse. The, the 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 settings are all sort of quite mundane in a way like they're they're they're, but they're all tangible as well and they're all they're all very ta- yeah they're all tangible um what you were saying before as well i think i think what he does in this film which is maybe a bit different and a bit more interesting than than some of his recent films is he he tells by showing a bit more yeah i think you have like in the beginning of the film there is a kind of explainer scene where there's a scientist and and there's a conversation that occurs between the scientist and David John Wash uh, John David Washington's character, where the the rules are are kind of explained to an extent, just to sort of set you up on, on the mm. on the story and the why of the film. But then he doesn't really do that again. I mean, and and it's kind of it feels like you this there's so much to this concept that you feel like you might need it, but actually you kind of kind of just about get it from from watching like i mean it's not i wouldn't say it's implicit but it's like he's sort of saying look just just go with this i mean this is you know it's well it's like it's like the it's like the um it's like basil exposition in in um austin powers kind of winking to the camera and saying you know that goes for you too don't worry about it and, exactly and exactly breaking the fourth wall although uh, although christopher nolan obviously would never have any humor in his films so, no 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 and this is this is, is quite it is quite dry. no spoiler to say this is no, this is no exception i mean I, I wonder to what extent the i know the, the the kind of bit you're talking about where where the sort of yeah like the rules or the framework is kind of laid out to the to the protagonist and it is actually in, included in the trailer and i sort of wonder whether that is a sort of box checking thing to make sure that oh we need this in the trailer because that's going to be kind of the the main marketing thing and you know we're not going to we're not going to release much in the way of synopsis or or any real detail beforehand so with this will give people enough to kind of latch onto and there's a very there's a very kind of th- almost like throwaway or it's or it's not throwaway but it's a, it's a sort of quite almost trivial line in there about preventing world war 3 or something and which is kind of like it's a nice soundbite but actually it's got nothing to do with the film at all um in terms in terms of that that being followed through as a kind of genuine threat it's like you know th- i i think it's interesting and, it, and actually massively to the film's advantage that he kind of has that and then quickly kind of dismisses it 
and even even we're talking about the um you know the title of the film and people have been trying to decipher what it means and i think i think the best thing to say is it just doesn't really matter you know it could be it could be literally like any word <laughs> you know it's it's kind of again it's briefly defined and explained to John David Washington's character, but then you, you, I don't think you hear it more than like once or twice more in the film. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Talking about this idea of the threat level, it's interesting because I think one of the things that Christopher Nolan does well is create a sense of, creates this kind of like earth shattering sense of threat. And I think in the, in the writing here, he is, he has maybe suggested, he is, he is kind of comp, like, obviously like it's become the cliche of, of like action movies and, um, big like blockbuster movies where, where where there's some kind of like threat to the earth of you know World mm. War Three is like almost the cliche um, you know it's it's like nuclear destruction it's asteroids it's you know it's what whatever and I think it's interesting that he has like created this you know this form of destruction which is kind of completely unique yeah. and and you, you know you you you're actually kind of like a bit more invested in this in this in this idea of destruction I mean, it's 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 very over the top and and may, maybe it might seem a little too weird and conceptual to hit home but like i think I mean, one of the things i was watching i was thinking about while watching this and and from having like rewatched inception recently is that there's a lot of talk about how oh christopher nolan should do a bond film and mm. christopher nolan himself has professed to be a huge fan of bond and has has sort of spoken about the recent films. And for me, it just seems like one of the most pointless things ever because <laughs> I think he's he's basically what what his what what he's been able to do with his own kind of personal projects is make these like bond films but that are, that that don't have the sort of shackles of 
of this Bond world that have you know well, the, without... the things that you have to do and the physics and the the baddies and the, the and that the, the the threat of world destruction. It's like what you know, like what more like. It's like I can I can have Bond and more, you know. Why why yeah. would I ever need to do Bond? I mean, obviously, like it's as like, soon as this e- comes out, he's going to announce. Sorry, I was going to say even with Tenet, you know, to all intents and purposes, he's basically made a James Bond film. Like Robert Pattinson's character is a, is essentially James Bond, but he's not the main character. Yeah, I I I I would agree with that. I mean. Uh, let let's let's talk talk about the, the the characters and the performances a bit. Um, so John David Washington, I mean, for me, he really carries this in the lead. He's amazing. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, I mean, give, given that he's 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 relatively fresh on the scene. I mean, you know, he's he's obviously been in a few films now, and and Black Klansman was kind of his breakout a few years ago, and but this feels like a, a real step up for him. Um, and yeah, he's just, I mean, really actually, I think carries the, carries the film emotionally as well. You know, um, I, I do think the, the sentimentality that kind of creeps in, um, regarding sort of, I guess his, his mission and his idea of like why he's there and what he's doing. I think if you're going to have that, you really need to follow through with it and it really needs to pay off. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I felt like the, the where that was kind of leading, it was only really going one way and it's kind of quite mawkish in the end. And, and, and actually, I, I didn't really care about that. I mean, there's, a, there's another character who, you know, oh, well, we can talk about Elizabeth Debicki's character. She, and I think she she's really an amazing presence and I think does quite a lot of good work here with with a fairly limited role. But, you know, her her personality trait is basically that she's a mother and she loves her son and that's kind of it. And, and I think that's, that's, that's a little bit disappointing. I know there's, there's been criticism of Nolan's writing of female characters in the past and specifically kind of Marion Cotillard in, um, uh, in Inception. Um, and I, and I don't think he's, this is a kind of massive improvement on that. I mean, I, I probably would say that, yeah, I mean, yeah, Marion Cotillard's character in Inception was like purely symbolic, um, and um, you know, I think introduced this idea of like you know he, he, him having these kind of female characters who are kind of like, it's it's basically about male characters like braying over female characters and uh, about some way that they've wronged them or 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 some 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 something like something like that. Um, in this one, yeah, I think it's it's there's a similar, slightly one-dimensional element to to Debicki's character, but I would say, in in its favour, that she definitely does have more agency. She's definitely a bigger part of the film. Um, mm. You know, she 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 has her moments. Yeah, she she you know she 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 is actually you know she's not just some kind of sideline thing that is 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 just. A kind of just the the main protagonist is involved with is actually you know he she is actually kind of in the in the main plot with the main characters. Can, can we talk about the, the, sort of extended from talking about the performances and the and the sort of Nolanisms? Um, I, so that I don't think it's a surprise or or spoiler to say that Michael Caine is in this film briefly, and uh, uh, but it's very funny the way the way he kind of appears in this film and there's 
there's, there's absolutely no reason for it, but he's basically like eating a plate of chips. And, um, and I, and I kind of wonder whether, whether that was like a reference to anything or, or like whether it was intended to be kind of joke because it's, it's very strange. He has this sort of quite important scene where you can't really understand what he's saying because he's got a mouthful of chips. <laughs> it's quite a funny scene. I, I kind of thought it was a sort of actor challenge, you know? Yeah. I'm going to deliver this monologue while, while chomping on chunky chips. Like um, Kane suggested it. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, you know, like, like, like Tom Hardy would suggest an accent. This is like right. Kane saying, why don't I do this scene while, like, scoffing chips? Um, you know, you know when you know when you tuck into a bag of chips and the, and they're a little bit too hot and you end up kind of doing yeah. that. Oh, it, he's almost doing that. Yeah, you know, it's like, it, but it's sort of funny because ultimately what what he's saying is is kind of you know it's not that important. Um, it, you know, you you can watch that scene and not necessarily catch every single syllable yeah. and still understand like what's happening. Oh no, on, he but. it's very much a kind of like you know linking scene. If you'd have been, if you know, if you if you'd have thought actually I don't need Michael Caine in this movie, it would have probably been the first and easiest thing to to lop out. But you know, he's kind of become you get, you like get, the Stan the Stan Lee of the Nolan. Yeah, he, he he is he is a kind of Stan Lee character now. Um, was he in, was he in Dunkirk? I think he's the he he has like a vo- he's like a ra- he's a, over a radio right, transmission yeah. or something or or like maybe he's one of the. Uh, he has the voice of one of the commanding pilots or something in in the Spitfire squadron. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, nice he, see he, him, he, he, is, he has become the kind of Nolan totem, totem and, you know, fair, fair, you know, he, I think looking, I think he was great as Alfred. He's, he, he was great in the prestige in a sort of, sort of oh, yeah. you know, supporting role. Um, you know, he, I think he's become, become, some, you know, um, and obviously like, you know, now, now that, you know, Nolan has got this kind of veteran British character actor as his, you know, in in, in all his films now. Uh, but he's also now his new kind of plaything is is Kenneth Branagh, who is mm. kind of <laughs> whose role in this film is kind of diametrically opposite from the from the sort of stiff upper lip um, navy naval cap commander that he played in in Dunkirk. I guess we can't really say much about. What, no. what 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 or who he is um he's good value though isn't he Brian? he's good value he's he's chewing the scenery he's in a really good way i mean he's we 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 were joking because just before recording this the, the trailer for the death on death on the nile dropped and um, laughing about how, how preposterous his accent is in that and and i think the one he does here is just as it's just as good i mean he he's definitely sort of pivoted to to being a kind of accent guy um i i almost miss his his normal accent to be honest we've talked about the fact that he he is doing an accent but maybe let's skirt around what accent yeah we we don't need to kind of talk about his character but yeah i mean the fact that the fact that he's doing an accent will say that you know he's not playing an english character and um which which i think is maybe a little bit of a shame but well, can I, can I just give one quick shout out yeah. to one of the other actors in this? Um, I was really, I was really pleasantly surprised and pleased to see uh, Himish Patel in this. Who who kind of pops up and he's he's sort of best known for for being the main guy in in uh, the Danny Boyle film Yesterday. Um, 
and it's it's great to see him in this. He's it's a small part, but I think he does he does really well with it, and it's very very different to yesterday. But it did kind of raise the question to me of whether these films could kind of exist in the same in the same universe. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 there is. <laughs> Maybe we should leave that there. there, there, there you know, let, let's 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 say a kind of cryptic yesterday tenet. Uh, you know, multiverse, multiverse yeah. um, potential, and and just leave yeah. leave it at, leave leave it at that tantalising need for people to to discover for themselves. I think R- R- Richard Curtis needs to get on the blower to Nolan. I, think. I even think you know that so Aaron Taylor Johnson's in it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and who who's someone that I'm I've never been that hot on in in the past, and even even he is like you know he's very good in this. Quite again a bit of a bit of a sort of smaller role, but. It's a very weird role because he kind of comes he he comes in sort of later in the film, and you're kind of like he strikes you as as a kind of a very a very minor potentially kind of one scene exposition character, but then suddenly becomes just sort of like floats in drifts into the film and becomes sort of a bit of a major player in the end, mm. and and it's done in a quite a sort of bold way I think, um, mm. but um, but yeah so. What let let's talk overall thoughts? Because um, I mean, you know, we we can only talk around it so much. And oh no, I mean, I think the thing with this film is, I'm sure there'll be reviews and and podcasts done later on, which is kind of really picking apart the the mechanics of the film. But actually, you know, there's no there's no joy in that. There's no there's no, that wouldn't be really interesting. I don't think. Um, and and also, as you said earlier, you could you could explain the entire plot of this film to someone. I don't think they'd necessarily be able to grasp it. It is a, a film you have to just experience and sort of t- be taken up, uh, taken into in the moment. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, I think one of the sort of potentially tragic things about this, this film and this moment is that it's probably a film that I think that enough. Like I, I you know, I, I think that people there are people who probably aren't going to like it, mm-hmm. um, and there are people that there are people who are going to who are going to really love it. And I think that the, in the latter camp, I think there would potentially be the desire to go and see it again. And it, you know, this, yeah. the, I think just, just the nature of it, it, it probably is a film that, that warrants repeat viewings if, you, if you're kind of keen to unlock some of its, its sort of more obscure secrets. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I almost felt like I got what I wanted out of it from that single viewing and maybe I will will rewatch it eventually but I, I'm not I'm not convinced that immediate kind of second and third viewings is going to actually un- unlock anything more mm. I think quite a lot of it is is there I mean I think you'd certainly you know you'd know where you are with it a bit a bit a bit sooner yeah it's, and, it is and it, know where it's heading it's just that thing of being able to anticipate a bit more yeah like you know no, knowing what's coming will then sort of prepare you for for things that are going to come later. Um, yeah. But I certainly didn't feel like I'd missed anything. No. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, I had some, I had some reservations about it. And I think those reservations tend, are, are, are reservations that I kind of have with most Christopher Nolan films. And you've said them already. It's just a real, I mean, that they are kind of, they are machines, basically. Mm. They are, they, the, he, he makes movie machines and, you know, it it's not the it, they're not kind of AI type cyborgs trying to trying to sort of like discover humanity. They are they are kind of like precision tooled and 
there is not necessarily a visible heart in the body or a soul in the body but that's not you know I, I don't necessarily think that that precludes the film from being interesting and worthwhile um no it you know it the, the, these these are you know these, these are these are movie machines and uh that that they, they, they they're kind of almost sort of proud of that fact i think maybe maybe there's even this sort of idea that christopher nolan is maybe himself a bit you know he feels like you know a traditionalist slightly demure maybe someone who's who who, who isn't really able to express himself emotionally or or, or you know but you know you by by kind of employing melodrama or, or or things like that and maybe these maybe these films are very yeah these these films are uh, actually an honest reflection of who he is and and you know p- p- his kind of perceived you know not faults as a person but like these traits that he maybe doesn't doesn't have mm. or doesn't use or doesn't doesn't like to sort of present to it to the public yeah i would just fi- final thoughts i think are just that it's it is a hugely impressive technical feat I don't think that's its only merits by any means, but I think that is the overwhelming kind of thing I took away from this was just, you know, it is a, it is a film where you can sit there trying to work out the what's and the why's, but I think just appreciating the how of it all, you know, how, how has he actually pulled this off? And the fact that, as you said before, it's not all kind of green screened. You, you, you can actually, there's a tangible connection to what's happening on screen and, and, and you can almost imagine, you know, you can almost kind of transpose yourself to being on set and kind of seeing this all being engineered and, and put together. Um, and, and I think he's just, you know, he, he's someone who is, I don't think it's, it, it would be unfair to describe him as, as a sort of auteur on, on the level of like, you know, a blo- as, as much as a blockbuster box office kind of director can be. Um, and I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a huge progression for him. And I think a lot of the, the Nolan truthers w- w- probably won't be converted by this. But it's it's still, you know, I, I think to anyone who would kind of dismiss this out of hand and just say, oh, it's just, you know, um, it, it's just kind of all style over substance, I think is maybe m- missing a trick there slightly. I mean, yeah, it's... It, it definitely, like, I think, you know, if you, if you, if you are taking that kind of auteur argument into account, I think maybe, maybe I, I was thinking, a, a, you know, I was thinking too, maybe a little too much of how similar this was to Inception while I was watching. Um, but do you think that was partly because of the hype and the build-up? And... Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you know, I, I think it's just that kind of, it's kind of, it's a film which is toying with time and perception and you have this kind of, rogue male character who's kind of flung into this situation and like it they just seem there just seemed to be a, a lot about it that that uh, that, that, that suggested i mean the, i think the one key thing that it does different is that this film does drop you into i mean it's something that he did more he did did with with dunkirk is like you see something decontextualized and then you kind of yeah then you kind of discover what we saw maybe later on in the film later yeah no i mean you know it it, you know someone like quentin tarantino makes the same film over and over and people don't seem to complain about that so um you know i think i think he's doing he's not necessarily stretching himself too much narratively although it is this kind of slightly is quite an original conceit i think the actual the basic mechanics of it you know 
as you say, thematically, he's he's very much he's kind of stuck in a bit of a loop by this stage. But um, but it's this weird thing where uh, you know you think like, hmm, Christopher Nolan makes the same film over and over again, and yet if you think of like the other like this uh, the other timeline, the other potentiality, the other the you know the the other routes that he could take, it's like. Do you really want him to be like making a a rom com or you know like a a Seth Rogen movie? You know like do you, do 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 you really want him to be like? I think he could probably make a really good, like you know non sci fi drama, like a really a, like a kind of almost a sort of like maybe a sort of who done it or something like that, mm. you know or something or something like a kind of Gosford Parky kind of film. Where you have like yeah, lots, yeah. lots of like moving parts to it that doesn't necessarily like have that, that because I mean he he was kind of init- initially um, welcomed open opened arms with as like the successor to Kubrick or someone and I think if you if you compare Kubrick's filmography in terms of the types of films he made to to Nolan, Nolan is obviously, you know, he 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 obviously is is very. You know, he he like he likes a certain thing, yeah, and and that and and that I think is fine. I mean, I I certainly think he's doing enough with this that is different to Inception in terms of, um, you know, just just on, just on a basic kind of technical level, and as I say with the set pieces, um, that it that it it warrants its own, you know, it it, it kind of makes sense on its own terms and and justifies itself. Um, and and as I say, it's, it's I think it's astonishing and 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 quite a noble feat really that he's been making films. You know, it's twelve years since the Dark Knight came out. How many other directors by now would just be churning out Marvel movies? Or you know, the fact that he he's a, he is a rare breed now that he that he's able to make these films or, or he, exactly how he wants and, and very personal films. Well, he's rare. I think he's rare in that he he is he is he has done the comic book thing. And he's come out the other side unscathed. In fact, if anything, like re- oh, revitalized and and enhanced, um, you know, it's it it feels like a rare thing to sort of, you know, you go and do the studio thing, and then it's like, okay, I've done that. I'm going to go and do my personal thing now. I mean, I think recently Rian Johnson did it with style with Knives Out after having done Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that I think those those films have the you know there there is a kind of they're fascinating in that they are kind of personal projects, but they, but, but then there is a sort of element of like, could the, you know, but then you also have something like the book of Henry, uh, mm. which, um, uh, what's his, what, what's the guy's name? Um, Trevorrow. Yeah. Colin, Colin Trevorrow did after his big Jurassic Park success. So like, you know, it's, it, it can really go, you know, it's extremes on 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 how I those think personal that's the movies can between go. someone like Nolan and Trevorrow, and that's a sentence I didn't think I'd say um, readily. But is like Trevorrow is someone, and not to diminish his his kind of talents at all, but he's someone who you could you could probably quite comfortably take and plug into the machine of Hollywood filmmaking, plug him into a, a you know a, a spec script for like a a big IP. That was already raring to go. Whereas Nolan, he's kind of you know, apparently spent like five years um, writing the script for Tenor. It's, it's, it's like ten years that he's been kind of developing the idea. Or so so it's not just that he makes these films every couple of years, which is which again, by the way, just the actual 
you know, the fact that he makes and releases a film every like two and a half years or something is, is quite astonishing. But he is actually fully, and that's what I guess what I meant by auteur is that he is he is fully driving these these things. I mean, um, I think we kind of use words like genius and visionary, maybe maybe too too much and too easily these days. But I think in terms of he's really not comparable to many other filmmakers of his generation. I mean, you can look at guys like Spielberg from, from, from previous generations and compare him to that, to that maybe, but you know, it, there aren't really, there isn't anyone else really around now doing this kind of thing. Um, and, and, and we're having the agency and having the, the freedom to do it as well. Well, on that note, I think we're going to have to uh, draw a line under our chat there. And we hope and pray that we haven't uh, ruined anything for you if you're listening to this ahead of release and we hope that if you're listening to it after release that we've that you could uh, see some of the kind of illusions we were making there and, and if you and, do want to read more i would say that my my review i kind of go into a bit more detail um not so much on the on the plot but my my just general thoughts and feelings on it and there's there's kind of scores on there as well if you if if you do if you're into that kind of thing so so yeah if you um yeah if you want to head to lwlies.com uh, and if you go slash podcast you can uh, leave us a message or look at some of the some of our other episodes that we've recorded email is truthandmovies at tcolondon.com we're on twitter at lwlies and at truthandmovies uh, so yeah, drop us a message there if you if there's anything you want to discuss or if you want to lambast us for ruining this film for you, please by all means go ahead and we will uh, apologise profusely. Adam, thanks very much for the bants and hopefully uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll be we'll be doing more of these soon when the the cinema pipeline starts flowing a bit more quickly. I hope so. Yeah. What What's the next big one that you're excited for? Uh, I mean, we can't. Maybe maybe it's too early to talk about the film we're w- putting on the cover for the next issue yeah. we're working on. No, that, that that that's an exciting one, but that's not coming for a while yet. I don't know, really. I'm 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 looking. I'm wait waiting and see. I'm 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 quite excited to see this new Miranda July film that's coming out in October oh, yeah. called Kajillionaire, which was at Sundance. That looks that looks interesting. Oh, I thought you were going to say the new M- Mutants. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not don't really know anything about that to be honest but we'll see we'll see all right well thanks very much for listening and this has as always been a seven digital production ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.